Okay, so there's something that you guys need to know about me before we get started. I am a campus minister, and so I absolutely love preaching in a t-shirt. It just feels right, you know what I'm saying? Um, Okay, if you're a guest, like I know it's for college students today and everything, but if you're a guest, we are really, really, really glad that you're here. Um, There's something you need to know about this church. We don't claim to have everything right, to have everything perfect. We're just a group of imperfect people chasing after a perfect God. And so we are really glad that you're here. Um, You know, I would love for you to stick around if you're a guest or a college student, uh, because you will meet some amazing people in this church. I guess if I say some... It kind of sounds like there's some not-so-amazing people in this church, like that section back there, possibly. I'm just kidding, it's this section. Um, So, we're really glad that y'all are here, and I want to tell you a ridiculous story about myself, because I'm a ridiculous person. So, uh, maybe a show of hands, I don't know how often this gets said from the pulpit, but a show of hands, who here at one point, or maybe still does, like wants to change the world or wanted to change the world? Okay, cool, cool, thank y'all. The rest of you are slackers, don't care about the world, I see. Okay, cool, that's fine. Um, No, that's awesome. I, myself, I guess this is is kind of funny. Um, About a year and a half ago, I was working at Bass Pro Shop in the camouflage department. Yeah, didn't know you were in the presence of greatness, did you? So I was working uh, at Bass, Bass Pro Shop in Nashville, Tennessee, And so I was working there, and if you've ever worked a retail job, you know it's from it's from Satan. Retail jobs are from Satan, and so I found myself kind of in that daily grind, uh, kind of searching and hoping and thinking about something more. And so I kind of started coming up, you know, coming home and talking to Rachel about this. But I had this idea basically, um, and it all kind of revolves around the concept of like local honey. You guys know what I'm talking about. Like, if you catch a guy buying, uh, like, down that coffee aisle and the honey aisle in Walmart, you catch a guy grabbing the honey, you're like, look at this guy's buying his honey from Walmart, corporate sellout, you know? And so that idea, basically, um, was that in each Bass Pro Shop, I thought this was an epic idea. Anyways, we'll get to that later. Um, I thought, you know, they all had the same stuff. It's all the same stuff, mass-produced, you know, it's cool, it serves its purpose, but really, honestly, uh, wouldn't it be awesome if we had local products at every single store? I was like, this is awesome, I got a million-dollar idea. So basically, what I'm talking about is, you know, if there's a guy close to Nashville, Tennessee that makes handmade knives or something, you put that, in, that product in the store, put a little bio about the guy who makes knives, really cool, really trendy, right? I thought so. Um, so... I had this idea, and I even, like, I made a PowerPoint. My wife's a graphic design artist. She really helped me with all that, like, making it look like I knew what I was doing, what I knew what I was talking about. And so I I had this day that I was going to go in and pitch it to the GM. That stands for for General Manager of Bass Pro Shops. And so I was really excited, wore my little, like, nice shirt and tie and stuff. And I go in, and I was even excited because I was like, we're going to launch this next year. You guys may know this, but... Basically, there's Black Friday, which is like a crazy shopping day, but then there's also something that's getting more and more popular called Small Business Saturday. I was like, we're going to launch it on Small Business Saturday. I was like, yeah, you know. And so I go in, and I'm talking to the general manager, and during, (laughs) 
like within the first like five minutes as I'm like giving this like presentation or whatever, I see his eyes like kind of start to glaze over and I'm like, uh-oh, this ain't going so hot. And so long story short, I ended up with a coupon to the, uh, to the food court in the mall and a no. And so it went great. <laughs> um, so that was kind of the story for me of just the way that God made me, really, honestly. Some of you can identify with this, but it, it was this, this concept, like this, this thing in my mind, I'm always thinking about the future. Maybe some of you can relate. I'm always thinking about, like, oh, if we did this, like, in a couple years, it could be just like this. It could be great. It could be fantastic. And so that was kind of what was going through my mind. And so I've come to realize that that is a gift from God, but it also can turn into a sin. That God gives me that gift, but it can also easily be twisted into a sin. And so um, college students... Man, y'all are in a phase of life that's fantastic. Um, your whole experience right now is really geared towards the future. Like, you're, you're preparing, you're in an intense season of preparation, and it's like, okay, if I do this, I'm going to get a better job, I'm going to move here, hopefully if I play my cards right, I'm going to marry her, that sort of thing. And so, I would argue that when we're always, always, always thinking about the future, there's many of us in the room that are doing that, and when we're thinking about the future, we're, we're kind of falling into this thing like we're always looking for something better. We're always, always, always looking for the next best thing. And so I would say, and I believe the Bible says, that that's kind of like looking uh, for a forest, but you can't see it for the trees. Does that make sense? So you can't see the forest for the trees. And why I say this um, is our entire year is going to be based around kind of that question, basically. We're going to study the book of Romans, and this morning I want to introduce y'all, and I want to introduce y'all um, just to the book of Romans, really. We're going to look at the first six verses, but this, this book was written to Christians not long after Jesus had, had died and been resurrected, and I know it's crazy. This was written about 2,000 years ago, roughly, but I still think it's ridiculously applicable to today, to us here in this room. So let's read the first six verses of Romans, and then we're going to dive into it. You guys will learn that I don't really have anything good to say, but, but the Bible does have good things to say. So here we go, first six verses of Romans. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. The gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets and the Holy Scriptures regarding his son, who as to his human nature was a descendant of David, and who through the spirit of holiness was declared with power to be the Son of God by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him and for his name's sake, we have received grace and apostleship to call people from among all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes through faith. And you also are among those who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. Amen. That's the word of God um, for this morning. So I want to break this down and kind of fly through these texts. Um, it's kind of be like a wham, bam, thank you, man. But uh, honestly, I think th- these texts are so rich. And if you'll just tune in for a few minutes, I think that you'll get something out of it. So Paul starts off in verse 1, and he says, 
I'm a servant. I'm a servant of Jesus Christ, which is crazy. If you know anything about the story of Paul, he was persecuting Christians, killing Christians, essentially. And then he starts off and says, you know that guy who I was trying to persecute his community? I'm a servant of him, and there is one thing that I have. It is one purpose in my life, and I am set apart for the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm an apostle for Jesus, and and my life is sharing the gospel. And then you jump down into verse 2, and he says, the prophets, listen. He says, listen. People of God, listen. He said, the prophets from long ago, they were talking about this. They were proclaiming it from mountaintops that there is something great that's going to happen in the community of God. That there is someone great who's going to come. We've heard him say it over and over and over again. And he wants to re- us to reflect back and say, we're supposed to be expectant. You, the church in Rome, you were supposed to be waiting for something great. And lo and behold, there was a man who came fulfilling the very words of those prophets. He restored sight to the blind. He professed good news to the poor. He says, look, listen, we were waiting. And then he jumps down in verse 3. He said, if that wasn't enough, if that wasn't enough to convince you. Remember those prophets? They said that this Messiah, this good news was going to come through the line of David. He said, Jesus came from the line of David. It's the exact family we thought he was going to come from. But there was a man, and his genealogy, if nothing else, shows that he is the good news that we were waiting on. And then he says, if that wasn't enough, skip down another verse. If you had any doubts... If he had any doubts about who he was, then the Spirit boldly testifies that Jesus was who he said he was. How do we know that? Because the man walked out of the grave. The Spirit raised a man out of the grave. And that means something. It meant something to Paul. It went from, he went from persecuting Christians, killing Christians to say, no, I'm the servant of this man. Why? How can I be sure? Because he walked out of a grave. If you have any doubts about Christianity, I would say, don't start at Genesis. Don't start, you know, trying to interpret Revelation. Start at the person of Jesus. And I would argue, and this is me and my own personal faith, that there's something to the resurrection because there were 12 disciples with Jesus and everyone except for Judas, they fell away after, after Jesus was, was crucified But then, they were scattered, and they came back together, and every single one of them went to their death proclaiming that Jesus was Lord. Why is that? Well, maybe there was a man that walked out of the grave, and that changed their life. That that one simple fact was, for Paul, the reason he says, I'm a servant of Jesus, I have one job, to proclaim the gospel to those who don't know it. It's the reason that all the other disciples who spent time with Jesus went to their deaths because a man walked out of the grave. In verse 5, this is, this is where it gets kind of deep. It gets really deep, actually. He said, if that isn't enough, we receive grace and we receive apostleship from Jesus. 
So what does that mean for us here? Um, Are you waiting for grace today? And what I mean by that is, have you ever had, had this thought? I'm a sinner. I'm a bad person. So I hear you up there, Kate. I hear you talking about this Jesus guy. You know, I, I think that, you know, the Bible's probably correct about it. You know, there was something good to come. He came. It was from the line he was supposed to come from, uh, the family he was supposed to come from. And I even can get behind that he was resurrected. But I'm not good enough for him. I'm not good enough to be in church. And just give me two weeks. Just give me two weeks, let me get my life together, and then I'll come to Jesus. Give me a month. I sinned last night. Just give me a month on the straight and narrow, and then I'll come to Jesus. Have you ever had those thoughts? I have. I don't see that anywhere in the Bible. That's nowhere in the Bible. You You don't get well from a sickness and then go into the doctor's office. When you're sick, you go to the doctor. You receive grace through Jesus Christ. So if you're thinking, I'm too dirty, I've done too much, go to the doctor. If you've ever had thoughts about this grace that, that I, I've done too much, and just really honestly, Cade, like, if you really knew me, you wouldn't be saying that. If you knew the real me, what really goes on inside my head, you wouldn't be saying those words. I have to tell you this. That's not the reality that, I've, that I personally have experienced in this church. That is not the reality that I've experienced in my marriage to Rachel. And that is not at all in line with Christian thought. Because our God, he sees you. He sees all of you, whether you like it or not. And how does he respond? He responds like a father with open arms. He says, come to me, because I want all of you. He loves you so much, he sees you, and he says, I want to die for you. That's how bad I want you to come back to me. And he does. Where do we go from here? Um, Do you know all of this? Uh, You're up there, or, or looking at me up here, and you're like, Kate, I know this. Like, I've been in church all my life. I know that. I've heard this. You're, you're banging the same drum, man. You're, you're beating a dead horse. I know this gospel. I know this Jesus. I know this church. Well, it gets very, very simple for you at this point. Very, very simple. A man walked out of the grave. He walked out of the grave. And so you are called to be an apostle. And that word might freak a lot of you out, but all that means is you are an ambassador. You are an authorized messenger to tell people about the Jesus you have, about the hope that you have, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let me, let me just break it down real simple for you. I, I know that, you know, in my generation, there's a lot of, like, personality tests about introvert, extroverts, like, I'm geared this way, I like to do this, you know, and then there's also personal thoughts that we have that um, are just, hey, I'm not good with words, I'm too introverted. Um, I just want to tell you this and just make it really simple. Let's, um, let's suppose that I'm preaching a funeral right now. There's a casket behind me. I'm preaching a funeral, and um, it's back there, and I'm doing my thing. 
the guy's dead, and then mid-sermon, so to speak, he gets up and he walks down this aisle. I don't know if he'd go that aisle or this aisle. I don't know what dead people do to resurrect. Um, but let's say he gets out and goes that aisle. None of you in here would be like, well, you know, I'm a little introverted, so I'm not going to tell my friends about that dude walking out of the aisle. I'm not that good with words, so I don't know exactly how to word like there was a dead man and he walked out the door. That's the excuses that we make up. If Jesus' resurrection has changed your life, just tell people about it. I don't care how you do it, just do it. Because he has changed your life. And if I read the Bible correctly, Paul, the disciples, once Jesus has touched your life, you can't not talk about it. Because it's the hope that you have. It's everything in your being. It's everything. It's, it's rooted in that. Um, and I love this little line. He sneaks in here in verse 5. So verse 5 he says, um, oh yeah, and obedience comes through faith. Obedience comes through faith. And it's easy to just skip over that. Like, yeah, everyone knows that. Obedience comes through faith. But there's a couple points I want to make about that. Um, one, I love, I love Christians. I love my brothers and sisters in Christ in here. Um, but let's just say this. We cannot keep getting angry about non-Christians acting like non-Christians. Does that make sense? Because obedience comes through faith. So, um, if you want to, if you see someone who's acting like a non-Christian, who is a non-Christian, start, start with faith, not obedience. Does that make sense? Don't try to get them to do the actions of Jesus, but tell them about Jesus. Tell them about the resurrection. Because it, there's no reason for us to be mad about a non-Christian acting like a non-Christian who doesn't claim Christ. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Um... Many of you um, are looking to belong. Just really honestly, um, you're looking to know and to be known. Does that make sense? So you're looking for a community to know you. You're also looking to be known by a community. I think it's, it's something ingrained in us. We feel this deep in our bones. I really just, I can't say this simply enough because I think everyone knows this. You, you feel it deep, deep within your bones. Um, some of you, you know, you're, you know you're, you're looking for something. Maybe you don't know what it is, but you know just the current status of your life is just not quite satisfied. You're not quite satisfied um, w- with the experience that you're having in daily life. I want to put to you this argument. If, if I'm hungry, that is because there is such a thing as food. If I am thirsty, that is because there is such a thing as water. If there is a deep longing in my soul, I would argue that is because there is such a thing as Jesus and such a thing as God. And so, with that, I have to say, and you also are called to belong to Jesus Christ.
Jesus is what you are looking for. Jesus is what you are hoping for, you're searching for, you're looking for. And so I told you that ridiculous story about me and Bass Pro Shop and coming up with this ridiculous idea because if you are anything like me, and I think you probably are in some way or another, then you're going to try to create meaning within yourself. You're going to try to reach down with your own two hands and create purpose and create dreams and create vision, whatever you want to call it. You're going to try to reach down and grab meaning by yourself. And I would argue that meaning is, it, it doesn't lie within yourself, but it lies within the one who created you. It lies within Jesus. And I'm going to use a word that's, that's really not too trendy right now. Submission. The only way that you're going to find greatness, the only way that you're going to find true meaning, true purpose, is to submit yourself to Jesus Christ. Um, let me close with this thought, really. So, uh, when I knew that Rachel was the one for me, I married her. In the words of Beyonce, I liked it, so I put a ring on it. And so, the point I'm making here is, um, it would have been freaking weird if I would have just kept, like, spending time with Rachel and went years and years and years and just kept pursuing our relationship and never made a commitment. Maybe some of you see where I'm going with this. Um, if I had just, you know, been with Rachel, been with Rachel, people would be like, hey, does, you, does he really love her? I stood up, and Rachel as well, we stood up together, and in front of God, in front of our families, in front of, in front of our very best friends, we simply said to each other, I will not leave you. I am yoking myself to you for the rest of our days. I would love for you guys to see baptism in much the same way. I would love for you to look at baptism and say, hey, this is the start of my journey with Jesus. That I am going to stand up in front of God, my friends, my family, and I'm going to say, I am following you, Jesus. And that, to me, um, seems to be this seal of belonging. That's what seals our belonging in the community of Jesus. And so, um, earlier I mentioned that I think that thinking of the future can be twisted into a sin. Um, I believe that that only happens when our thoughts about the future paralyze us or make us indecisive in the present. Um, there are so many things that we can think about the future that we need to be thinking about in the future, but the gospel is not one of them. It's just not. Jesus calls you, everyone in this room, he calls you, and his life, his resurrection, it demands a response. I don't know any other way to say it. And you also are called to belong to Jesus Christ. If you would like to um, be baptized today to start your journey with Jesus, we can do that. If you just need prayers uh, about grace and, and forgiveness, we can offer that to you. Uh, because this is a special Sunday, uh, I'm going to actually, I'm going to ask all college students in the house and also all um, faculty that work on a college campus, if you guys don't mind, would y'all please just stand up? Uh, we're going to have a special blessing for you all. So if y'all stand up right now, Brian Robbins is going to come up and he's going to say a, a special prayer for us. But um, if there's anything that we can do for you, um, please let us know. We love you very much and uh, free pancakes right after this.
which is a cool thing. Thank you.